0: News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air on News Talk. Uh, but the only place to start this morning is with the woes at Westminster. I, I bumped into my old teacher, uh, the uh, the former Senator Jim Darcy yesterday. He reminded me of the Karl Marx quote, Kira, that history repeats itself first as tragedy, then as farce. And we are now into farce. I mean, the idea that Boris Johnson is the second favourite to win the leadership contest, that he could conceivably, after everything that happened, what was it, 60 MPs, uh, 60 ministers resigning, that he could conceivably come back as Prime Minister. This is extraordinary what's happening in the UK. It is
1: utterly extraordinary. And what's more is, uh, uh, very often we, certainly in the past, looked at our own politicians and, and thought of them as gombine men. If you look across the water now, they have their fair share of gombean men and indeed women over there. It is an extraordinary, extraordinary sight to see Westminster, that the mother of all parliaments, reduced to, uh, tra- traduced to this to this level. And for more on this, I'm joined now by Dominic Reeves, former UK Attorney General and Conservative MP. Good morning to you, Dominic. Um, from 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 the distance that we are looking at it from, extraordinary times in Westminster.
2: Yes, they are, and I think it's extraordinarily looked at from a close-up as well. Uh, There's a certain inevitability about it. Johnson left a legacy that was completely poisonous, and actually in his period in office, he essentially wrecked what I would call the unity and philosophical base of the Conservative Party. He replaced it with a series of gimmicks, and the problem that has arisen is with his departure, um, the Members of the party who selected the next prime minister and voted Liz Truss and made her prime minister um, were looking for a desperate shortcut towards economic growth uh, and adopted or were prepared to support a series of policies that were, in fact, completely incoherent uh, and which were not supported by a majority of the members of parliament. And that's how we ended up with Liz Truss. I feel sorry for her in one way. um, uh, Her policies in my view were completely mistaken, but I'm sure they were sincerely uh, held uh, and it's founded um, with the international money markets, which is exactly what one would expect. So the Conservative Party now has a choice, Um, it's either going to a parliamentary level rally round, uh, find uh, a Prime Minister um, or a leader of the party who has the capacity to take us through the current periods of economic difficulty and stabilise our politics. Or, or alternatively, we're heading for a general election, and I think the party will be wiped out. And quite frankly, it will deserve to be on the basis of, uh, of what it's been doing over the last few years.
1: Well, we do say that we get the politicians that, that we deserve, for sure. Do you see it as coming down to what what we're hearing is coming down to Rishi Sunak, Boris Johnson, and perhaps Penny Mordaunt? Is, is that what we're looking at?
2: I, I think it's very difficult to make a prediction. I, I personally think that it's would be incredible if Boris Johnson were to um, be be seen as uh, in the last two. Um, if really that happens, then the parliamentarians have taken leave of their senses. Uh, he is popular with uh, a section, but a minority of the party membership, but he's certainly not popular with the electorate at large. It would be a disastrous choice. So I can't. I, I can only hope and think that actually he will not make it into uh, the last two, and uh, it, but who the last two will be—possibly Sunak, Rishi Sunak, and, and Penny Morden seem quite likely. But it's very difficult to make a prediction, and I'm not there anymore. So, very when, when you're not on the ground or in the House of Commons itself, you—I think it's pure speculation.
1: Okay, uh, you, you mentioned with the electorate there. What, what, what are people, ordinary people outside of of, of the media or politics bubble, saying about all of this?
2: Oh, they're furiously angry. Um, I, I note that there was a by-election last two by-elections last night uh, in my old constituency for council seats, uh, both of which held by the Conservatives, and both of which were won by the Liberal Democrats. And uh, I gather, because I still have links there, that uh, canvases were being shouted at, conservative canvases were being shouted at by, on the doorstep by the householders.
1: OK, and, and, and that doesn't look like it's going to go away. You, you mentioned that one of the and possibilities...
2: The thing, it's a deeply conservative area, so you would not, not normally expect that.
1: OK, you mentioned the possibility of a general election. Is that really likely? Will the Conservatives not try to shore up themselves with a the new leadership and, and, and move swiftly on? Nothing to see here?
2: I, I agree. I think that the uh, general election at this stage, if that's what the Conservative Party ends up delivering, would be suicidal for them. So as uh, uh, on the whole, turkeys don't vote for Christmas. Uh, I think it's uh, unlikely that they're going to want a general election immediately. It's more likely and it makes perfect sense, actually, from the point of view the national interest as well. That the situation should be stabilised and you'll have an election at some point either uh, next year or the year after. Um, and that clearly makes sense from the point of view of the Conservative Party's future and the possibility yeah. of of having some stability. Uh, but they are really in the last chance saloon. You, you have the sense that um, they have dug a hole deeper and deeper. Uh, no, themselves. you're a,
1: a, absolutely, and it, it does look farcical, really, at this point. Just lastly, uh, the Conservative Party have they have they done permanent damage to themselves? Th- this kind of chaotic, shambolic uh, situation that we've seen unfold really. Since Brexit, to some extent, but but uh, do you think that, that that they will never be viewed in, in in the same light again, perhaps, or as a sort of a relatively safe pair of hands, perhaps, or or, or a week is a long time in politics. Will, will people eventually move on?
2: I think the evidence is that people do eventually move on. After all, Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party was seen as a complete. A basket yeah. case by the electorate in 2019, and with a new leader and the greater stability under Keir Starmer, that is being progressively changed. But I think the damage that has been done is pretty long-lasting, uh, and it's not going to disappear overnight, which is why I, I think the Conservative Party's electoral prospects um, for a forthcoming general election, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after, do not look good. Uh, I don't think the electorate's going to forget about this uh, episode. And of course, it is also linked to a much more profound issue, which is the direction of travel of the United Kingdom after Brexit. And uh, the Conservative Party is currently essentially controlled by a group of people who believed that Brexit was very much in the national interest and would deliver significant benefits. And those benefits at the moment are completely illusory.
1: Thank you very much for speaking to us this morning. That is Dominic Greaves, their former UK Attorney General and Conservative MP.
0: Let's bring in Peter Cardwell now, the former special advisor to James Brokenshire, and uh, now, of course, a talk radio presenter and political editor. Peter, you might talk us through how the next few days will pan out. I I have to admit, I'm slightly uncertain. How ultimately will the new leader uh, be elected?
3: So it's a swift but relatively complicated process, actually. So the leaders need to get, or the MPs need to get a 100- hundred backers, public backers to nominate them and that's quite a lot even though there are 357 uh, Conservative MPs currently Uh, it's interesting at the moment it looks as if Boris Johnson has about 50 MPs who will publicly uh, back him, Rishi Sunak about 40 Penny Mordant in the sort of 20s, 25 26 depending on who you believe so there is momentum already even though none of them is publicly declared by Monday at 2 o'clock that's the deadline for getting those nominations so you've got to get over 100 so if there are those three all get over 100, which I think is probably unlikely, uh, then it goes to a, a, a secondary ballot of the Conservative Party members, then whittle it down to two, then it goes to the Conservative membership, if there are two candidates. We could be in a situation where there's only one, for example, or we could be in a situation where there are two uh, MPs that are have got enough nominations, ah, but so one of them pe- is very far ahead and one of them is very far behind. they maybe do a deed.
0: So... So Peter, what we heard about a couple of days ago was like, we can't put it back to the members. We have to have a coronation. We'll go with one one candidate. That actually isn't going to happen. Members actually will have a say on who the next leader is.
3: Yes, they will swiftly uh, be balloted electronically. Now that's obviously problematic for a number of Conservative Party members. There are 158,000 of them. And, uh, I'm not, and obviously there are many older people in our society who are very uh, cognizant and very happy with technology, but some aren't. And uh, there will be efforts, we are told by the Conservative Party, to help people vote online, but they can't send out ballots uh, quickly enough through the posts and get them back in time and count them and all the rest of it. So they will, there will be consulted electronically. Okay. I think so how- the most likely scenario is that there's one, one person.
0: So, if Boris Johnson gets a hundred MPs, is he? I mean, is he not the favourite to actually? Rishi Sunak is the favourite with the bookies this morning. But if Boris Johnson gets to a hundred MPs, surely he is the favourite to win the leadership, is he not?
3: Certainly, the membership would be uh, would favour him. I think it's unlikely he gets to a hundred. I think a lot of the people who have declared for him so far that's fair enough, and and. Uh, Uh, that's that's fine, but I think it's going to get tricky once uh, he tries to get to 100. And actually, there are supporters of Boris Johnson who say the the campaign and the process will actually be designed to exclude him. But he's on his way back from the Caribbean and uh, his holiday there. And uh, we will see what happens over the next few days between now and Monday at 2 o'clock.
0: Now, the odds for Rishi Sunak are not great, but if you were putting your money at this stage, would you be putting it on Rishi Sunak?
3: Yes, I think he, he is actually four to six with some of the bookies, with Ladbrokes, I think, have put him at four to six. Yeah. The problem is there is no unity candidate here. If there was a unity candidate, we'd know who it was. It's certainly not Boris Johnson. It's not Rishi Sunak either, but it's not Penny Mordaunt either. It just This contest already, before it's even started, shows the uh, huge lack of unity in the Conservative Party.
0: And just lastly on this, Where does that lack of unity lead? Let's say it is Rishi Sunak. Could you see members of the ERG, the right, uh, splintering off into another group, perhaps?
3: Well, Rishi Sunak is a Brexiteer, and he's someone who has always voted for Brexit. The ERG are not close to him. He he is more socially liberal than many of them are, certainly. But I I would imagine, no matter who the leader of the Conservative Party is, in a week's time, I think we're looking at some form of of split, Uh, probably quite a small one actually, I don't think it's going to split in two um, but I think what we're on a glide path to is a Labour victory in 2024, Um, all the evidence is there in that direction but who
0: knows someone might be able to turn it around Peter Cardwell, former special advisor to James Brokenshire uh, talk radio presenter and political editor thanks indeed for that insight News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with AIR weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk